We give you the latest news as it breaks all around the world of football. From the Nigerian Professional Football League to the English Premier League to the Spanish La Liga. The French Liga. And the Italian Serie A. We are football411.net. Episode 67 of the Football 41 podcast. I have here with me, ID and G Day. Good morning, guys. Good morning. It's good to be back. Yeah, good morning. Good to be back, ID. Jumon will join up um, at some points. He's currently on um, international engagement. So, yeah, he'll, he should join us <laughs> in the next couple of minutes. <laughs> So anyway, guys. Uh, well, we just we all know the transfer window closed a couple of days ago, and I mean there's a lot, lots of <laughs> movements this time around, and I think this was probably one of the most exciting transfer um, window in recent times. So, do you guys agree with that, yeah, or am I just am I just happy? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it's 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 been it's been really it's been a crazy summer to me. It felt like a glitch sort of happened with our market and you know anything could you know this the kind of um, signage you're experiencing fifa games where no i know, you know I master making, league edition that was just how it <laughs> felt like you know some surprising quite a lot of surprising moments you know happened and it, well it, it was fun to see anyway and again guys what happened to covid i mean i mean the reality should be yeah there's covid uh, financial crunch, a lot of struggling, and then people are just bringing out money and spending big. <laughs> uh, well, no comment on that one. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, as, as it is, you all know, you all know that for general, in terms of um, football in general, all fans was a fantastic and um, interesting um, transfer window. But as, as far as COVID and funds are concerned, we we all saw the rants by our um, four-eyed. Liverpool manager, <laughs> <Club. laughs> you know, complaining about where some clubs are getting money from. Money from. Even though he knows that clubs like um, the oil-rich Peninsula clubs, you know, he knows where the revenue is coming from. But in terms of uh, Manchester United, he didn't know where they were getting their own money from and all all of that, and even us now. Mm. So it's it's funny because when you look at them, the net spent, you know, for the EPL clubs, I think Liverpool had the list. I think it was about thirty. Was about 36 million, 36, yeah. million pounds, and I think um, what you call Arsenal was the highest, yeah. about 200 and something, followed by Manchester United. But in terms of spend, you know, for in terms of spending this transfer window, I think um, Arsenal had about 371, followed by um, Manchester United. So it's it's actually funny that Arsenal actually spent more, but mm-hmm. in terms of value. You know, that's 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 the talk for another day. Yeah, another day. Yeah, talk for another day. I, I totally agree. Well, so much beehives of activities as regards transfer um, twenty twenty one. Well, uh, today we'll just be extracting this. Uh, we we'll look at um, to, to. I mean, in your own in your, in your own book, IDG Day. What football club do you feel that actually? Um, that's done like the best business. So we're going to take um, Jide is going to take um, come first. What club has had the best window and what club has not really had it um, really, really good this this summer as regards transfer? Jide. Okay. Uh, I'll say for my winners, you know, obviously PSG for me. Uh, it's, uh, you know, with that said, you know, it's still not a really surprising feat because uh, we know uh, what uh, PFG, uh, what they can do, you know, with the kind of um, financial backing they've got, you know, and um, <clears throat> over the course of um, last um, few years, you know, PSG have uh, made big strides in their attempt to finally claim the European Cup. And um, as a last season, they fell short, you know, both um, domestic league and in the Champions League. And, um, you know, if I'm to speak for myself, I was really curious to see what they were doing in the transfer market. And um, with um, the kind of transfer window they've had, you know, PSG have, you know, put their best legs forward. 
and um, we can sort of argue that you know that some acquisitions has left them in a position to uh, to be <clears throat> to be seen as one of the favorites uh, to win just about any competition they are involved in you know uh we understand that uh, you know <laughs> players wages is the cocoa if <laughs> you know but when it comes to transfers uh, you know and uh, you know to um to pass the information to our listeners they're interested to know how much they've spent i believe um they they chalked almost 750 75 million 75 million pounds in transfer fees mm -hmm. you know which is not too bad but like i said earlier you know the wage is a cocoa um mm -hmm. you know for a team you know longing for you know an european title you know psg they snapped up um, talents that have won us uh, um, uh, champions league titles before you know at their previous clubs you know i mean um, players like la Tomica, you know the upper area of la liga himself like Messi. Um, they got um, Sergio Ramos, you know, who has also won uh, Champions League quite a few times in his career, and um, Gigi Ronaldo, you know, and um, <clears throat> them, uh, the the uh, summer spending didn't end there because they got the most talented young goalkeeper in the world right now in, in Jalugi uh, Donnarumma, and um, mm -hmm. they also spent big in Ashraf Hakimi, who I believe is very versatile and will allow Pochettino to implement some um, different styles, and um, they got a greenhorn, you know, left back in Nuno Mendes. On loan for six million, and then they also signed them um, Danilo Pereira, you know. So <clears throat> finally, for me, uh, uh, they uh, were also able to, you know, uh, keep um, um, Bappe away from the clutches of Fiorentino parents for now, which I also think is a win in my in their book. Personally, if you have to ask for my opinion, I sort of I don't think it's a wise it's it was a wise move financially because you know uh, some will say PSG. It's not the wise move financially, to be honest, because I felt like, you know, I, I feel Real Madrid came with over 150 million or, or, or thereabout. You know, someone in his last year, you should, you should be selling, you know, in my own opinion. But some will say like PSG have about 12, um, 12 more months to convince him to remain in France. And um, uh, personally for me, I don't want to, <laughs> like I've been saying, you know, I don't want to imagine their wage budget, what their wage budget will be. You know, but uh, you have to, as they always say, you have to put your money where your mouth is. And I believe and PSG have done that. You get so uh, moving yeah. to my um, losers. You know Manchester City. I would say, you know, um, just don't mm, get me wrong because um, I, I believe that they are still a formidable side. But I think they have missed an opportunity to improve their squad a step further. You know, after um, spending many years and millions of pounds, you know, wasted in uh, uh, in search for a formidable backline or a red guard, I would say. You know, Pep finally found, you know, the answer that uh, to that problem last season with the acquisitions he made. And in that same vein, I personally thought that the club would put themselves in a position to retain their title for the second consecutive win if they had gotten, you know, a formidable striker. And um, to be fair to them, I have to say, they, try, they did try to get the striker, but, you know, it didn't pan out the way they thought it was going to be. And right now, they have only one striker in the books with um, Gabriel Jesus. Jesus, and as good as he can be, you know, I don't think he's the he's, he, the guy has mastered the arts of scoring um, goal scoring yet. You know, so it's today is he, he, he huffs and puffs so much for my liking. And you know, I, you know what you expect from your striker is to score goals, and he doesn't really do that on a consistent basis. But and, some people say Ferran Torres too uh, can, can play as a striker for them. Well, um, as a personally, I feel like you know, with the way, uh, yes, it, it's, it's possible, but you know, I feel like you need someone, you know, like a, an out and out striker, someone that you know, in the yeah, mood of Conaguero, that you know, yep. injured or not, is going to get you minimum twenty goals in the Premier League, and yep. that's the kind of profile I feel they need, you know, because um, as we are saying, Premier League is getting more and more difficult by the season because uh, most of the top four teams are always, you know, buying players and, you know, beefing their squad. You get so, yeah. um, so I personally, to, to, to continue uh, my point, you know, I didn't think um, um, they should have put all their eggs in a basket with Kane. You know, I felt they should have tried to look at in other directions. And while um, Chelsea at the time were still hoping to get Haaland and Lewandowski, I thought Lukaku was was a very good option for them. Um, you know, their title rivals as it stands have improved their attacking arsenal. You know, you have United getting the likes of Ronaldo. Uh, you have Chelsea. They've gone to uh, <coughs> they've gone to um, uh, you know they've gone to buy Chelsea. Uh, sorry, they've gone to buy Lukaku after realizing that they need to sell. Uh, they, their birthrights to mafia agents Miro Raola 
you know, before they can get Salam. Liverpool, though, they didn't really invest, but you can tell they have a very trusted commodity in Salah money. And uh, we can as well argue that Jota is like a new signing for them. So um, I understand um, uh, City broke um, the Premier League uh, market with uh, Grealish, but I felt it was more of a want, not a need. You know, I felt they needed a striker, you know, to get them to, you know, the level they need to be. But pff, I just feel they fell short. Well, 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 only time will tell, Jide. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. To be yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So, um, ID, um, your winners and losers for transfer 2021. Well, um, like I said in the weekend, for me, I, I actually said um, Manchester United um, were losers and um, um, Barcelona were, were sorry, Manchester United were winners and Barcelona were losers. Ah, but, losers, okay. But, uh, you know, in the course of the week, I thought about it deeply and, um, and I looked at it critically. And if I'm to rephrase, I would rather say Barcelona were winners of this transfer window. And, um, uh, in a way, in terms of losers now, uh, yeah, can I really say any club lost? Mm. But if I want to go with losers now, realistically, I'll, I'll probably just say Liverpool now. And um, here are my reasons. Okay. For for Barcelona, you know, um, we've all come here and um, looked at the how I put it misdealings or or misguided transfers over the last um, decade for for Barcelona and then um, you know under Bartomeu and the previous um, regime in Barcelona there's been serious mismanagement and um, they are currently in debt and they had a lot you know on their wage bill so um, you know in this transfer window they were able to get rid of uh, Messi and um, Griezmann they were also able to sell some players and loan some players out to take them off the wage bill. You know, they loaned out Trincao, they've sold um, this Elias Moriba, they sold some other players to some other clubs, and they've been, they've been able to significantly reduce, you know, the, the monies they're owing, even though they've not been able to get rid of them, of them, Coutinho and Dembouz, Dembele, the, the, the um, what do you call it, the biscuit bone man. But as it is, right now, I think... <laughs> as it, as it is right now, I, I feel like basically, I think two seasons, you know, for them to come out of the club because, you know, if you look at this now, by the time um, they allow fans 100% back in the stadium, because I think it's still out at um, 25% capacity, and I'm hearing that they might increase to 50% after the, um, what do you call it, the international break. National but, break, yeah. you know, but fans that want to come in might probably have to come with their green card. That's the COVID um, the vaccination Ask cards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the vaccination card and all that. So, in terms of um, getting them getting revenue and all that, I'm sure Barcelona should come out of it very soon. And even I think the fans are starting to get used to the fact that you know Messi is no longer their player because even for the, if you look at the last three games they played, except maybe the one that they drew, I think they've had Depay is coming to is starting to show some promise, and um, some other players that would naturally not have been prominent, you know, while Messi was around. So I, I feel they are a big enough club to you know, and they will probably get get out of this. Then for Liverpool, why I call Liverpool losers, you know, I think Liverpool have, um, you know, Liverpool are strong in attack and all that, you know, but if you look at the age of the players they currently have, you know, it's, it's going to tell on them in terms of wear and tear, and the fact that, you know, in January when um, Sadio Mane, um, Mosala, and all those other African players go for the African Nations Cup, there might be some gaps, some holes, mm, you know, sure. in the team that they might not be able to fill. So, um, you know, a lot of arguments can be made, you know, in terms of who, who, who is losing or who won. Because, you know, if we look at it, you know, in terms of losing now, we can talk about Liverpool, we can talk about um, Manchester City, we can even talk about Arsenal. Even though, in te- even though as far as Arsenal are concerned, in terms of what they spent and looking at the value of what, you know, of the kind of players they brought in, you know, these players have, haven't actually played together. But these players are not the kind of A1 players that you naturally, you know, want, you know, at your club. Because if you look at the spread of all these players in that club, you know, it's not players that would, you know, easily walk into um, the first level of the other um, 
established teams in the Premier League. So, you know, in the, for me, I just think Barcelona won in this transfer window, you know, getting rid of Messi, you know, it's not easy to take off almost 870 something million, you know, off, off your wage bill. Wage bill yeah. and, you know, I think they paid him 39 million. They are still owing him 39 million in loyalty bonus bonuses and all that that he had to pay. So you can imagine if he has stayed one more year, how much chunk in terms of, you know, transfer fees and wage bill that will have taken off them. And for Griezmann, you know, they've been able to, you know, even though it's a loan deal with an option to buy, you know, um, I think Atletico Madrid is taking hundred percent, you know, of the, the salary of the, wage, of the salaries. Wow. So that's that's as you know, kind of giving them what do you call it, a kind of respite. Even though if you look at it from the up from the downside, they are making, you know, their opponents that they strengthened last season, you know, who went on to win the trophy stronger. You know, they give them Suarez, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, just, just imagine Suarez giving them they're giving them Griezmann back, you know, which will even make them more stronger. So there are a lot of arguments, you know, there are a lot of pros and cons. But in terms of the overall value, you know, of transfer fees and all that, I think Barcelona are winners and to me, Liverpool are losers. So that's oh. that's uh, that's it for me. Well, well that, that's a very, very interesting angle, I think. You know, transfer is all about business and from what you've actually just pointed out, shows... I mean, Barcelona on, on on that road to recovery, on financial recovery, which which is really really good, which is what this club, this football club needs. So yeah, I'm very, I, I, I like that angle. I mean, I never even looked at it from that perspective. But brilliant analysis, guys. So yeah, for me, I'll just quickly run through um, mine. Because for me, I, I felt uh, Real Madrid this summer, even though they've not gotten uh, Mbappe this summer, we all know how PSG. Proved really, really difficult, and uh, you know they 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 rather allow Mbappe work for free. But someone said earlier in the week that see this is PSG owned by Qatar. They have money. What is the 180 million or 200 million? It's like 10 pounds. <laughs> it's like 10 pounds there. So they don't they don't they don't care. So they have the financial wits to to make such a decision anyway. So for Real Madrid, they brought in um, Alaba and Eduardo Camavinga um, from Rennes, and they brought in Alaba from Bayern for free as well. And players like Sergio Ramos, Barani has left the club. Barani joined United for the two billion pounds. Ibrahim Diaz went back on loan to AC Milan, and Martin Odegaard joined Arsenal for thirty-one point five million pounds. Also for for Real Madrid, when they 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 still have like net transfer balance of some three point five million, which can still be channeled into like bringing um, Mbappe next season. And I think they still have a young and dependable squad. Maybe not to win in La Liga, but just just to keep keep them floating. And I see Real Madrid getting stronger from I mean, from from next from next season, and yeah, they, they have they have Carlo to to guide the young the young lads um, towards this new challenge. So for, for me, for, for the losers, for me, I, I will go for Inter Milan. Well, Inter, <laughs> we all know <laughs> we, we all know what happened. The Chinese guys, so they have so many financial situations, and they needed to sell um, their, their top players. So they sold they sold. Um, Lukaku for 97.5 billion and sold um, Akimi for 54 million pounds. It was sold to PSG and while um, Lukaku was sold to Chelsea. And they brought in old warriors like Medin Zeko and then Dumfries is joining from PSV for 11 million to replace um, Akimi. That, you know, those two transfers are like an outright downgrade, you know, from Lukaku to Akimi. Then you now, you've now brought in Dumfries and and Zeko. I mean, they will, they will do a job, but it's not going to be good enough for them to challenge for the Scudetto. And they've lost um, the Italian coach, Conte. And so, to me, I think um, they, they're like losers in this in this um, transfer window. But then we know why they've made such, I mean, they've took towards such um, developments. They need that money. They need to keep the, uh, the club afloat. And that's what they've uh, opted to do. So yeah, guys. On on that note, we will move forward and um, talk about the Super Eagles. Of course, our darling Super Eagles played against Liberia. Game ended two 0 yesterday. Uh, well, everyone seems to be a bit pleased. I don't know about you guys. Most of the reactions on social media, people are like, okay, or two zero, not the end of the world. Good start to our World Cup um, qualifying challenge. So, uh, guys, Jide, um, 
Did you see yeah. the game? What was your assessment as regards the game uh, yesterday? It was, I think it was it was not a classic performance. Uh, it was not a classic Super Eagles performance. It was just one of those performances that you know you don't really need to go switch into In your third gear before <laughs> before winning because uh, we're playing against we have to say a relatively very poor side. And mm. you know all that matters is the three points and they've gotten that. So we're moving on to the next one. But you know, um, some people, I mean, soccer nitty gritty yesterday. I was reading this um, a post game analysis, and he was saying, "Yeah, we played against a very, very poor side." And he said in his word, um, "There are still minors in football, you know." And like, like Liberia did not come to the party. But someone said, "You know what? This is how you know Syria alone in world of football they are minors, and they came to to Nigeria in in, in those states." And um, they came down. They came back from four goals down to to level four four, you know. And people still feel they're not minors in in, in world football. You still need to put in performance. And based on the fact that the pitch yesterday was very really difficult for the players, the rain, the pitch was not in the best of shape or condition. But the guys still managed to grind out that two nil win. But yeah, I get your point as well. We should be beating Liberia no matter, no matter what. Exactly. You know, we understand um, upsets do happen in football, but the fact still remains that I believe there are always minors in football. There's a first in the, uh, you know in rankings and they are last in rankings where reason. Exactly. You know, so when you play against them teams like that, you know, there are teams we should be putting to the knife. And we did what we had to do yesterday. You know, like you said, you know, there were so many factors that hindered, that may have hindered, you know, the progress of our team, you know, or the display and whatnot because um, it, uh, you know you, the the off-field incidents you know that happened a while back yeah I was actually going to come to that after that, this yeah you know and and okay so I'm not going to shed more light on that so I'll leave that to you but you know with things like that you know I felt although you know we did the right thing we got the three points we have um, a plus two um, goal difference Low so difference. we should go we are, we're going to keep ready um, next week and let's see if we can secure a result there yeah I mean let's, let's see how that goes so ID you know, what was your assessment of the game yesterday? Well, uh, for me, I was you know, on an official assignment yesterday. So I, I didn't catch the game live. So I, I really can't, you know, delve into the new game. Yeah. But f- what I would say is, from my initial assessments, you know, the team list, you know, and, and what was expected, playing at home, you know, a World Cup qualifier, Against them, um, supposed minnows in football. Um, you know, I think GD made a point. I think it was I think it was you that was making a point about Syria alone and all that. Yeah. And um, you know, in the case of Syria alone, um, you know, even though they are minnows, you know, they still have a pedigree. You know, compared to Liberia, I don't think I don't think you can compare Syria alone to Liberia. You know, Liberia has only had one major football player in um, you know in um, George Ware. You know, outside George Way, I don't think there's been any other player that I can actually say, okay, yes. <laughs> this is, this is well, they've got a couple player. of players from Europe playing in Belgium. Uh, you mentioned Turkey. their names now. Turkey, I can't remember their names. <laughs> mention their names now. Tell, Turkey. tell so me who these players are. Them playing in Turkey. No, no, tell me. I think George Way's son <laughs> even, even plays for USA. That's how yeah. horrible That's it how is. bad it is. Yeah, That's how bad it is. <laughs> so you, can, you, can, you can imagine, you know. So... You know, in, in, in for Sierra alone, Sierra alone, you can still mention one or two players that yes, you know, they've had, you know, powerhouse. Oh yeah, mention. Oh, yeah, no, 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 you can't, yeah, Larry, you cannot. So, K- but the K- fact, K- 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 you know, I, I think, you know, in this point now, we can argue and say, we can say whether you win six zero, whether you win ten zero, the, the most important thing are the three points, which is, which is, you know, which is a fantastic that we got the three points. But you know, it's, it's it's better for you to lay down a marker, you know, in terms of your, you know, in terms of it gives you confidence and also improves your, you know, it gives you form, you know, ahead of a, a much more deadlier fixture and much more trickier tie than against Kevadi, you know, the coming week. So you know, all things being equal, I'm happy we won. You know, even though I've heard complaints from different pundits, you know, saying there are a lot of tactical issues. You know, there are even soft issues you know, that happened before the match and all that. No. So, but I'm happy we won and hopefully yeah. we'll get the three points in the next game also. Yeah, yeah fingers, yeah. fingers, yeah. fingers yeah. crossed. 
yeah. in addition to you know what 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 you know Adi has just said, you know, um, I, you know, with the formation, it sort of um, affected you know some sort of players' performance, and you know, but at the same time, you know, it was like a double-edged sword thing, and um, at the same time, it was it, it paid you know another player greatly. And what am I saying is this? Uh, what I'm saying is this rather. For someone like Ian Achor, it seems like you know Raw has finally found this formation that would suit the way he plays. You know, as we've come to notice that Ian Achor plays well with you know having a striker, you know, playing behind a striker, and um, you know, and since he's been in Nigeria, playing for Nigeria, we've played him in several positions. We, we realized that you know using him as a lone striker wasn't working, and playing him as a ten was definitely a bad idea. But it seems to, you know, credits to Raw for being able to find the formation that, you know, that would, that would work for uh, uh, Ian And we can see the guy is excelling. Uh, he got, he got, yeah. um, you know, he got, he got us two goals, you know, yesterday, and those goals were really exquisite. He was, you know, he, what uh, Ian actually does. To I, like, I, like, I, like, I like the second goal. The, the, yes, the, the second touch. goal was just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. that first touch, beautiful. Really you good. know, it was it was fun. And you know, to the 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 con, you know, to the formation is players like um, Aribo. You know, you Aribo to me, I feel he plays best as a box to box. You know, he likes to you know get into the mix of things in um you know in the attacking situations. He, he likes to get onto the end of those final passes, and you know, I feel and he has a bit of goals in him. But playing in a four four two formation would hamper you know his progress because you know four four two you would need you know what your midfielders to be static and not go anywhere. And um, it was being handed quite a lot of defensive responsibility, and I felt like that's not really you know um it's not the right mix for a player like um, Aribo but um but moving moving forward um, I feel like um, it's 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 actually a good thing so it shows that raw can actually can mix things up and we hope mm. to see more surprises like that very very soon and okay I also I also uh, to, in addition to also add to what I've said you know I also uh raw he, the substitutions he made yesterday were a bit dodgy for me um Shehu Abdullahi was one I didn't really understand why I needed to get minutes where we had uh, uh, we had Cal uh, sorry we had a winger you know that where I, I can't really uh, yeah yeah I think uh, I'm sorry guys uh, okay he was he used um, Shehu Abdullahi as a winger you know but I was I was struggling to understand why he did that to be honest maybe Larry maybe you have um you know an answer to that my question <laughs> well I'm sorry to disappoint you I I was actually surprised as well when I saw that substitution because. I was expecting, okay, um, Shehu coming in and then maybe a lot, you know, like for like substitution. But it was interesting to see, you know, Shehu, Shehu being moved to the right wing. That, well, maybe, was a maybe we'll, to me. Maybe we'll have to ask Raw to explain that to us. Hopefully, because <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, well, so yeah, um, two points, um, sorry, two two goals, three points for the Super Eagles, top of the, uh, top of the, top of the group. And we're playing... Cape Verde away from home on on Tuesday, but this is where it gets a bit tricky. We all know about the um, the English government, the, the rules about the red lists. I mean, meaning most of our players, our English players, have to go back to England because if they, if they go, if they travel to Cape Verde, they will have to isolate for ten days, which will really really not sit well with their football club. So. As it, as it stands, the English, the England-based lads are actually heading back um, to the UK. But for me, I think we have enough in our time to at least grind out a draw away to Cape Verde. No disrespect to Cape Verde. And why did you share the same sentiments? Well, football is football is no longer mathematics, yep. and um, you know that that's one thing that would always be prevalent. Because over the week too, we had situations whereby I think Ivory Coast um, and um, Cameroon played against teams that was, they were expected to beat. I think um, South Africa played against Zimbabwe the same day. That was yesterday, mm. and um, I think um, it was not Cameroon or Cameroon against Malawi or either um, Ivory Coast against one of these countries, and they ended up in a goalless draw. So um, number one, we are going away, you know, um, so we should expect a hostile environment. Mm. You know, all that plays into into our part of part of the planning that should come in on psychology in terms of preparing the players for what they should expect. Then also, um, you know, 
a lot of the in, um, players, you know, that would give us the additional, the added quality. You know, the likes of Iwobi, um, Hienacho, Ndidi, um, and Co. You know, that would give us that spine in midfield. You know, I think Etebo too falls under that, under that umbrella. So it's no longer available. And even the young man that was um, on standby, I think Oyeka from from Brentford, so also 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 falls under that umbrella. So I think all we we, I think what we have to make do with what we have, and then if you look at what we have, I think it should still be enough to execute. But where would have that? Where would have that challenge? And what what has always been our complaints now, you know, is the midfield. You know, out of maybe six midfielders or you know maybe seven midfielders that were invited. I think we have three that will probably be traveling back to their countries, so that's going to be an issue. If I if I have to if I have to, if I have to factor Joe Aribo, so exactly. I yeah, I actually yeah. want to mention Joe Aribo because you know I think the UK thing also applies to them. Being yeah, he applies. Yeah, he actually stuff. applies to them as well. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a very difficult thing. So I'm Ra, looking forward. Ra, Ra has invited Bonke from Marmo FS. I don't know much about him, but well, okay, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. um, it's going to be an interesting formation. You know whether he, he he plans to go with four two four or four one five or whatever it is, but you know the Nigerian footballing community are not so forgiving. John 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 Nogo is free. They can just reach out. He's in Lake. Reach out exactly. <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> reach out. The Nigerian football community is not so forgiving. You know we are so harsh and you know so critical of our, of our coaches and, our, and of our players. You know they will be expecting Nigeria to win, even though we are not the traditional powerhouses we once were in Africa. So um, it's going to be a tricky tie. You know, uh, um, I won't be surprised if he ends up in a score draw or a goalless draw. But you know, I, I would the Nigerian in me, you know, being a, a patriotic, patriotic Nigerian, you know, yeah. I would always go for the win, you know, even though it's slim two one would would do. But we should try to make sure we go for the three points and not be so timid when we go to Kivadi. Yeah, I totally agree. But well, that's why he's um, invited um, more players uh, this time around. Players like um, Oyekuru will be staying put, and I think she will, maybe she will might end up saying she will play in mid. <laughs> <laughs> playing, yeah, playing in the midfield. Ahmed Musa starting. I think I don't know the situation situation with Victor Simen. If um, Italy, if they have the same rule in Italy, uh, I mean, if we still have Osimen, we still have um, Paul Onachu, Donke, and then I expect to see the likes of Omeruo um, and um, Chidoze Awaziem, and then we have um, we have um, the, the portal left back. Uh, sorry, the the, the portal left back. Saidu, Saidu came out late. That's, he joined the camp late, so he didn't get to to play yesterday. But I believe he will be part of the squad um, away to Cape Verde. And then I think we should still, you know, field a, a decent enough side to grind out a, a draw. And then if we can get a win, that would be fantastic because a win puts us in a very very strong situation because uh, Cape Verde drew their first game and drawing again. I mean, losing against us will really really put us. In the very, very, you know, in the driving seats as regards um, World Cup qualification. So, anyways, um, there was lots of, um, you know, stories. You know, I got, in, I watched in the media. There was a particular one that caught my my eye. It was um, the, the 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 what's it called? The the Echo Hotel situation. So it happens that um, the NFL media guy, Baba Femiraji, uh, got into a sort of argument with. And the co-hotel staff, and I, and I mean, what led to that? Only God knows. But yeah, it got really, really messy, and it was all over the media, which was a very, very bad look for the for the Super Eagles. And then this this actually brings me to this to this to this fact that I mean, should the Super Eagles of Nigeria, one of the most populous nation and one of the most popular populous um, football national football team in Africa, not have their own you know, um, training base like the St. George's Park, like the, the, the Three Lions. I mean, we can say the Three Lions are the English teams. They are way, 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 way beyond us. But we look, we look at Morocco. Morocco, they have their own training base. They have their own branded cars that will go and pick up this guy, their, their players, once, once they arrive in um, Casablanca. I mean, it, it should not be something, it should not be impossible for the Super Eagles or the NFF to put together something I mean, like like this. We, we all know the, the last World Cup, we got $8 million, which is 4.1 billion naira in participation fee. How was that spent? 
the FIFA Go Project grant that comes in every year. Oh, it doesn't really, really make any sense. So, guys, I mean, <laughs> IB, what do you have to say to this? <clears throat> I think um, I addressed this thing in one of the previous podcasts we had. And um, I raised that that issue even before this thing came up. And, um, you know, it wasn't even about any issue we had with anybody, but I was just saying that by now, you know, we should already have a training camp. You know, I think if you look at them, um, Spain, they have the Valdebis, you know, France has them, um, I think it's Clairefontaine or something like that. Yeah, Clairefontaine, yeah. Yeah, Clairefontaine and, you know, in England with, you know, St. George's Park and all that. And what this thing does, is not just for training alone. Because I think Belgium even has something like that. You know, that's where the planning is done. That's where a lot of the football development is done. You know, that's where a lot of the football management is done. You know, it's just like a safe haven, you know, that you'd actually say, okay, I am Gerrit I'm the coach of the football nas- nas- uh, Nigerian national team. This is my office. Do you understand? Not that they will carve out somewhere for me, you know, in the glass house. You know, I will just know, okay, this is where I'm sitting. Okay. I see a lot of the, you know, issues, or a lot of the planning that has to be preparation, you know, as far as the national team is concerned. This incident will not be the first. You know, is it going to be the last? Is it going yeah, to happen? Again? Is it going yeah, to happen again if something is not done? And I think for a country like Nigeria, you know, looking at how much you know we spent on sports and even grants and money we get from FIFA for for participating in international competitions, I think by now, you know, we should have we have so much of beer land in the country, you yeah. know. That they can actually cover out and say, okay, even if it's in Abuja or maybe Ogun State or Lagos, or you know, or even in your states, or just probably a safe, um, what do you call it, environment, because you yeah. can't really start talking about some states right now, looking yeah. at the national situation. So just look for a safe haven, a safe location, maybe like Badagri or something, that these guys can actually come, that has a good weather, that would accommodate the guys coming from Europe, you know, that won't. You know, affect your change so much in terms of acclimatizing to the weather and all that. If we don't work on this, and if it's, if this is not done soon, you know, it's it's just, I, I you know, I'm getting tired of, of um, you know, chalking everything up to Nigerian situation, but that's just what it is. It you know, is, we, yeah. we, are, we are a planless country. Yep. A lot of um, um, greedy administrators. So that's just what it is. You know, they don't. I don't think they take into consideration you know these players and that's what we keep on having where you have players complain about um unpaid bonuses and all whatnot i even heard a situation whereby you know they said the bonuses will be increased to five thousand dollars dollars yeah and and all all kinds of rubbish you know so, so it's just it's it's unfortunate it's it's just unfortunate and our, our bragado nff um Chairman talking about yeah we, we, we have a deal now every player will be insured yeah one of the bright spots you know um during the course of the week was um you know the 500 million um deal you know signed with mmtn you know to be the official communication partners of the nigerian of the nff so i think you know funds that we'll probably get you know from mtn and other sponsors you know, we'll probably, let's hope it goes into, you know, these developmental issues, you know, that we'll keep on contain, uh, complaining about. And, you know, for, for any right-thinking individual, you know, that listens to a lot of podcasts and a lot of shows on TV, you know, even if you, you don't reason, you know, by now, these things have come up severally and you should think about it. It's, 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 it's long about you, actually. Yeah, and it to, is, it to, is to, to add to... To add to what ID has said, you know, I believe uh, during um, the, uh, the part, I mean, this week, um, we also struck a 300 million naira partnership with Hepis, you know, as our online, you know, sponsor of the national team. So, you know, regardless of what, so we have to, you know, I give um, Pinnick and his team a big credit for being able to get that over the line. 
and uh, hopefully they can use the money you know the amount of money and uh, for for something good and i also hope it's not going to be exclusive to just our you know men national team uh you know like uh, what has happened you know <laughs> what what has been happening has been you know what i'm transpiring on the very day is you know is a big lesson i'm sure our football association will never learn from and it's just, it's just yeah, it's it just is, really it is, sad. It is sad yeah you know we've, we've had, uh, and, we've and, had and, and you know what again this guy this is not the first time they signed good deals you know i remember yes, the ITO, the ITO deal yeah. big money deal then what happened I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just exhausting. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But you know, it's, it's a state we're living in. You know, as, as Nigerians, you know, we, the manpower is there. We have it home. But at the end of the day, we still can't, you know, afford to. We can't ruffle shoulders with, you know, people with the, with the big leagues. So you know, there's something wrong with the administration, and it needs fixing. You know, I mean, look, look at, look at, look at with um, Covenant University. They have their own, you know. They have they have a facility, something like that. They have a facility whereby a team can actually train there. So I don't, I don't. It's not impossible to do. You can you can, you can have a, a very nice camp training base. I was watching the um, the Amazon Prime Brazil edition. You know the national team. You know when the Brazilians want to get to Rio de Janeiro. You know, they pick them up. You need to see the, 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 their training base. It has everything. The physios have their office. Yes. The psychologists yeah. have their office. The coaches have yeah. their office. They have their boardroom. Like, everything is so structured. You know, in a, in a place, in a country that is, you know, that is so rife with insecurity issues, I feel like, you know, we should be considering... We should be considering having, you know, to, we should be the safety of our players should really be considered. You know, we can't just be chucking them left, right, and center. You know, these guys are high commodities, and you know, they they they, they can be prone to attacks. Yeah. So I feel like we have to we have to find a way to you know to to find them a home where they'll be traveling to, and it also helps them to settle down really well because you can't you can't expect me to be some of these guys are jet lagged some of these guys like i mentioned you know the weather conditions are not just um you know okay for them and look at what happened the other day like you know it's 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 another it's, a, it's falling into you know another catalog of international embarrassment for us you know it, it's ridiculous like how are we going to attract and, 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 uh, and it's endless and i'm going to actually point this out as well because these guys are they've been they lodge them in in, you know, public hotels like eco hotel and suites. Most of these players, you see, you see their their friends, their cousins, their relatives. You see them in their hotel room, even during an international engagement, and that never ends. Even up to yesterday, I saw a couple of their snaps. I saw you know their their, their their family friends, everyone chilling in their room. That's an avenue for them to quickly come and clean one or two jerseys. You know, yeah. So it just it just doesn't make any sense, really. Honestly, you know, it, it, and these are the things we've been talking about, you know, you have to, you know, the protocols and, you know, we need to beef up your security. I understand families, but this is, they have a national assignment to think about first, you know, and once that is done, yes, they can see family before they travel. Yeah, of course. You understand? Yeah. Because we don't need, we need them to concentrate on the issues they have at hand, you know, because we understand how big, you know, playing for a World Cup is like, you know, to, to every nation. And inviting families, you know, to be part of the camp just doesn't really see right with me. It may, it's just my own opinion. But, you know, it's one of the things we've been we've been saying, really. You know, we're just all over the place, you know. We're all over we the place, honestly. It, it's crazy. We are we're just really all over the place. Well, you know, well, we'll, we'll just keep doing what we, what we always do. We'll keep talking about these things and hopefully, um, you know, that change will come. And as I <laughs> would always say, like, you know, the changing drawing board has been has scattered. So <laughs> there's no drawing board anymore. <laughs> so, there's no drawing board again. That's the um, administrative palace in Nigeria. <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's go back to the drawing board. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you know, you hear, we'll go back to the drawing board. Uh, we'll, <laughs> that's why, you know, is it that we are going back to the drawing board or we turn to calculators? You know, that's not Nigerians. <laughs> okay, if if uh, a Kimbadi please draw against mm -hmm. uh, against uh, Liberia, and Liberia please against one that yeah. if now we now you know a lot of permutation and Nigerians have so much problems at the moment, you know, price of food is going up, price of that is going up. So I don't think anybody is actually even concerned or even you know, you know, paying so much attention with what is going on. You know, oh, did they win? Yes, they won. You know, 
did they lose? Ah, I wanted to lose again. You know those kind of languages. Yeah, true so, that. Unfortunately. Well, we thank, uh, we thank Ghana Raw. We've not been using our calculator. Our calculators are like, <laughs> yeah, well rested yeah. these days. Probably been from Ghana Raw. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, credit, credit to get it raw. So yeah, guys, quickly look at the fixtures for um, next weekend's, um, you know, European and European scene. Uh, we're looking at the Premier League where Crystal Palace will be facing Tottenham, Arsenal, Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Leicester, Man City, uh, Manchester United, Newcastle, Southampton, West Ham, uh, Watford versus um, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and Chelsea versus. Um, Aston Villa. So, ID, which of those fixtures um, stand out for you? Um, I mean, it looks like um, Leicester versus Manchester City one looks like the cream of the park. Uh, you rightly said it. Um, but, you know, in terms of standard fixtures now, you know, it's, it's actually relative to the clubs that are playing. You know, and um, looking at the current state. The return. Yes, of the league and in terms of return. So, you know, if I were to take it critically in terms of, you know, the big six, you know, I'll, I'll, I would seem to say that the standard standard fixture for the coming weekend for me would probably be Arsenal versus Norwich at the, 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 the MS <laughs> For a lot of reasons. And there's so much pressure, you know, on uh, Mateta, you know, even though yeah. I, I actually feel sorry for him, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not easy because historically in the Premier League I don't think you can use the first five, five games to judge but you know this season it's been one issue or the other for us now yeah. Yeah. we had a lot of players out you know from COVID a lot of injuries you know and they've been thrown into the thick end of it you know the first game against a hungry Brentford you know they had to prove you know you know that they are coming back from the championship and you know they want to play with the big boys they played that game with so much vigor and passion and I was at some point I thought I was watching Prime Barcelona. You know, even though I know it's one of those clubs that, you know, towards the thick end of the season, you know, when things are starting to get tough, they will probably win. Then after that, you know, it was another testy fixture, you know, against Chelsea and um, you know, the return of Lukaku to the Premier League and then Palomari was thrown into the thick of it against, you know, a bulky and strong Lukaku. And it was it was an attacking masterclass from Chelsea in that game that ended, you know, in not in a not so bad scoreline. Looking at the, the team, Arsenal put out on the day, and you know after that again, you now had them facing uh, Manchester City, you know, and they lost by <laughs> like five goals to zero, you know, and you know it's it's so I, I, much. I I, 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 I talking about um, the Manchester City game. I, you know when you were when you were mentioning how the teams can feed off confidence after a win. The Arsenal game came to mind, and that was the match against West Brom that won six 0 Yes, and, yes. And, and to be honest, I was, I was somehow somewhere somewhere in my in my heart of heart, I was thinking, okay, maybe that's the confidence we need to at least no no lose by one first ten minutes first ten minutes of that game, you know, Arsenal came out, you know, you know, firing, and I was thinking maybe you know things would end up, you know, well. You know, after the first goal, you know, it was it was just downhill from there, and you know, then the red card, you know, came up, and it's just it's been one issue or the other. And then um, the reason why I'm taking this game, you know, as my standout game is the fact that okay, I think yesterday, you know, late yesterday, there was a um, what you call it, an interview with Edu, that's the technical director of Arsenal, and then um, you know, you could see that the pressure is actually telling, and you know, they've given Ateta now, I think, two games, you know, to turn things around. And the next games, you know, actually winnable games, I feel Arsenal should get three points. And I think in the history, you know, of me watching the Premier League as a football person, it's the first time, you know, Arsenal will play three games, you know, be at the bottom of the table and not score a single goal, which is very, very woeful. And, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm not going to blame the coach now. I'm not going to blame, you know, it's, it's a more, administrative or club problem and I know they will eventually get out of it and you know I think a lot of this um, a lot of these losses are actually being overstated or these issues have been overstated and you know they are taking things out of proportion you know Arsenal will definitely come good you know I don't I don't you know realistically I, I probably see them ending the season maybe seventh or sixth you know I think they will still come good so it's it's, it's just um, you know an unfortunate situation 
But as it is, that is my standard game of the week. You know, the other games are winnable games. I don't see, you know, Chelsea losing to Aston Villa. I don't see Leicester, you know, causing the upset against Manchester City, even though they don't, they don't have a strike, a, a striker at the moment. And I really don't see Manchester United losing to, to Newcastle. So the other games, you know, like I said, this Arsenal game is probably going to be the lookout fixture, you know, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, Arsenal should come out with, with three points. Hopefully, hopefully. So well, today, um, your own yeah. standout game. Well, the the you know quickly the the uh, my standout game would definitely have to be you know not in terms of quality you know matching quality, but in terms of uh, you know the you know the return uh, the prodigal son returning back home, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. So it's going to be Manchester United and Newcastle. So you know Ronaldo has left. Um, you know it's no secret that Ronaldo is back in Manchester United, and um, you know after 12 years, you know since um, his move, I think 18 million moves uh, to to Real Madrid in 2009. Now he's back home, and all eyes definitely will be set on him. And um, we'll get to see how that goes. So for me, that's that's a standout game for me. Well, that's, that's definitely a game I won't miss for anything in the world. So <laughs> guys, <laughs> not the Manchester United fan. I can't wait to see. No, I, I can't. I can't wait. That's here and and the fact that he's got his number, just number seven, yeah. the iconic CR seven, coming yes, back yes. to <laughs> coming yes, back yes. to to Old Trafford. You know, everyone else. You know, I feel like you know, off field. You know, everyone. Everyone is happy with the kind of money Ronaldo will be bringing to the table, but not yeah opposition. A lot of players, not teams like Arsenal or that direct um, rivals, because you know we know what the guy is capable of doing. You, you understand, like you know, it, when it comes to Arsenal, it, pff, Jesus Christ, I can't even remember the amount of goals he scored against it's us. Scored against and you know. When it comes to so now, he has pushed you know, uh, market uh, like Manchester United right now are now more marketable, you know, just yep. by signing Ronaldo. Yep. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the Premier League, um, guy, Premier League would break lots of million with him on there. So, um, it's it's like a win win for everybody except the, 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 the rivals, yeah, the rivals. Yeah, I, I totally agree, I totally agree. And then, yeah, looking forward to, to that CR second coming of CR7, you know. So yeah, guys, it's been it's been really, really good. Um, episode sixty-seven today. Well, we're really just um, yeah, gathering pace at this at, at, at this point. So yeah, um, um, on, on this wonderful note, uh, we'll be wrapping it up. Um, all the best to the Super Eagles as they travel all the way to Cape Verde um, in the World Cup qualifiers. And don't forget, you can follow Football Four One on Instagram, on our Twitter, and then you can check us. On our website www.football41.net, and we're on Spotify, Spotify as well, Audio Mark, and on Apple. So on that wonderful, wonderful notes, so guys, any last words? Final words. Well, well I wish um, Nigeria all the best. You know, it would make sense for us to get a W against Ankara Verde on yep. Tuesday. And you know, we roll on to 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 the proper football. You know, I mean, club football next week, next weekend. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I'll, I'll go in the same vein to, you know, wishing the spy goals and best of luck in Kimberley. And then for those that have traveled back to their various clubs, I'm safe, I'm trip. Okay. And, uh, you, know, you know, we'll be looking forward to what the Premier League and the European fixtures will bring back home. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, guys, um, on that wonderful note, adios. Goodbye, guys. Mm-hmm.